everyone, and welcome back to the Redbeard Outdoors podcast. This is Jonathan, your host, and here at the Redbeard Outdoors, we talk about faith, family, fitness, and the outdoors, and all those three things can apply to your life. I want you to live a happier, healthier, and more successful life. That's basically what it boils down to, and what I've noticed is that people who I look up to as successful people or people who are consistently successful throughout life incorporate those three things into their life. I guess technically four things. And uh, that's what I want for you. So I share with you my journey. Uh, This being Saturday, a Saturday sit down, a great conversation that I had while I was down in Texas at the Podcaster Summit with Renee from Women Hunt. Now we just heard from Gray Thornton and Gray was, or he is, the president and CEO of the Wild Sheep Foundation. They do some awesome work. Hope you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. But today we get to speak with his wife, Renee. And they have some great initiatives. It's things that we don't think about as hunters or even outdoorsmen. It's hard enough to get a good mentor. It's even harder to get a good mentor as a woman I can imagine. And Renee goes into that a little bit. Also some, again, initiatives that they're bringing up so that they can help more women get into the outdoors without the need of, uh, or without feeling like they can't basically. Uh, So definitely tune in for that. Before we get into that amazing conversation, I want to bring up a couple of things. First off, this should be, and well, this will be episode 98. And that means that there's only two more till the hundredth episode giveaway. I can't believe we're already here. And thank you again so much for everyone that's listening and is sharing with other people. Thank you for your support. I I love it. And so for that, we're giving away a few things from our sponsors. So bringing that up, uh, first off, to get into the 100th episode giveaway, you need to go to YouTube, subscribe to my channel. It's just my symbol, Redbeard Outdoors. I I think there's two on there, but the one that's my symbol uh, from Instagram. And then once you subscribe there, Go over to wherever you're listening to this podcast and follow, subscribe, whatever the button is. It varies by platform. And then leave a review. Once you do those three things, definitely send me a screenshot to my email, redbeardoutdoors1 at gmail.com. That way you can get entered in. And we're going to be giving away some great stuff. So I'll just go over some of the show sponsors and uh, some of the show partners that I really appreciate their gear uh, and and the food that they produce as well. Because... I want you guys to have the best quality equipment to enjoy the outdoors as much as possible or fitness or whatever it is that you're looking to get into. So first, I want to mention Affect Beard Oil. No matter what length of beard you have, Affect Beard Oil, locally made here in Utah. Great company. 10% of your uh, purchase goes to charity and get 10% off with Red Beard 10. So if you have a longer beard, definitely go with the oil and the butter so you can shape that beard up, look nice for your wife, or if you just want to look good, period. And uh, if you got a shorter beard, just go with the beard oil, keep those itchies away, keep the dandruff off, and smell good. So go over there to affectbeardoil.com. And then, uh, and again, guys, all of these links are down below, so you can go check them out. Another one would be Absolute Aid. Absolute Aid is an amazing CBD chewable company. They make different uh, formulas based on what you're looking for, focus, relief, calm. Uh, I use the relief on after heavy, heavy training days uh, so that I'm not as sore as I normally am and I'm not sitting there pounding ibuprofen. So definitely go check that out. 
AbsoluteAid.com. They also encourage people, of course, to get outside. So just an amazing company. Uh, on top of that, I work with First Form. So specifically First Form Outdoors, go check out their channel. Uh, their link is down below. Uh, First Form, you can get free shipping on any item when you use the link down below. And uh, best supplements around, guys. No matter what it is you're looking for, I don't always recommend a pre-workout for everyone. You can't necessarily handle the caffeine, but good protein. Or if you just need a multivitamin, fish oil, whatever that may be, the, the little holes that you may have in your diet, go check out First Form and First Form Outdoors. Another great company would be Alpenfuel.com. Alpenfuel makes the best, hands down, granola. It's all gluten-free. Uh, obviously, that's a thing for me if it's a thing for you. These are great companies to work with, but even if you're not gluten-free, just great quality food for the backcountry, your hiking trips, uh, camping trips, whatever it may be, go check out alpenfuel.com, uh, save 10%, get some of their granola. My personal favorite is the cranberry white chocolate, uh, but they also have some other amazing flavors. Go check them out. And if you want some meals, you can buy Heather's Choice and Peak Refuel. Uh, my favorite is Heather's Choice when I'm not eating granola uh, or the morning granola. I go with a meal from Heather's Choice. Great, great company. Uh, Heather is an amazing individual that loves adventure as well and just good ingredients. So go check them out. Order everything from alpenfuel.com. Use the code down below. Save some money. Uh, some other companies that are special mentions because they're just great companies and I love their product. Kafaru and Kafaru Bags. Definitely check out Kafaru. It's one of those buy once, cry once situations where it's it's a little bit pricier than most, but you're U.S. source, U.S. made, manufactured, high quality. You'll be using it for years, and you won't have to go to another backpack. And the customer service is just hands down the best. If you like customizability, if that's a word, uh, definitely go with Kafaru. They can make it as organized or as disorganized as you would like. This is your choice. So go check out Kafaru. We'll get you a bag. Uh, they're a couple weeks out. I don't know how long exactly, but if you want it for this hunting season, you better get on it. Uh, go check them out and let them know that Redbeard sent you. Other than that, guys, I hope you're having an amazing day so far. Uh, get entered in to win something from our 100th episode giveaway. Go join me. Go check me out, I guess, over at red.beard.outdoors on Instagram, where I post every day. And join me in Redbeard's Fit Crew on Facebook, where we have a great fitness-oriented community that loves the outdoors. Without further ado, here is Renee Thornton from Women Hunt. All right, everyone, I've got an awesome guest here, Renee Thornton. I had her husband on from the Wild Sheep Foundation a couple of episodes ago, and now Renee's with us, and Renee uh, heads up a group of the organization that is Women Hunt, and it's all about getting women into hunting. And uh, so, Renee, introduce yourself a little bit. Tell us who you are and uh, about this organization that you run. Right on. Thank you so much, and uh, thank you for having me on. Um, well, the, um, the Wild Sheep Foundation, you know, uh, your listeners would have learned from your earlier conversation with Gray, uh, the great stuff that they do to help in the conservation of uh, wild sheep in North America and internationally. And um, interestingly enough, you know, a lot of folks um, sometimes think that um, wild sheep hunters, it's kind of like an exclusive sort of clan or maybe out of their reach or something, but it's actually far more available and approachable that you might think. And uh, pr the proof is in the pudding, you know, here's a, here's a, here's an organization 
organization um, and that decided uh, through a conversation with me a long time ago that they had a role to play in trying to improve the opportunities for women who might be interested in entering the hunting and conservation world. Um, so, um, you know, they, they do more than people realize in lots of different ways. But um, a little bit about me is that... Um, I was born and raised in Alberta, a province in Canada. Um, I was really blessed in, in the way I was raised. I have a really great, strong family, uh, three older brothers. My mom and dad uh, raised us in a middle-class environment um, with really solid values. And um, they both came from farming families, but they did not farm when they got married. Um, however, I grew up in a small little rural town in Alberta, um, in the farming community where my mom grew up. And um, all of, most of my aunts and uncles farmed. And I grew up um, spending my summers and my spring breaks and every chance I got uh, with them on their farms. So, um, you know, I had a really good understanding growing up what animal husbandry was like. I was around when they would breed, when animals were born uh, for branding, castrations, inoculations, and slaughter. Um, and interestingly enough, nobody ever talked about hunting. Or if they did, it wasn't around um, uh, the girls in the family. So I grew up. I can truthfully say without a hunting, um, you know, influence in my life, never, it was never talked about, never discussed. And I didn't know anybody who did it. Mm. Uh, uh, and so, but like I said, had a good, good understanding of farming. So I, um, you know, uh, I was working, living and working in the large cities in, in Alberta, Edmonton, the capital city in Calgary, where the Calgary stampede is held for those who know mm -hmm. it. And, um, you know, kind of feeling, uh, sort of detached from how I was raised and how I had, uh, uh you know, how I, how I'd lived as a child. And, and I started thinking about how I was buying my meat and in my, like my mid thirties. And so I kind of switched away from large market buying to small market buying where I could talk to producers and feel a little bit better about my food choices. And right around that time, I started thinking, maybe I should start hunting. I kind of felt like that was sort of a natural thing to do. It might make the most sense of, uh, in, a, in, a, in an effort to source my meat in what I perceived to be the most ethical way possible, humane, um, with the least amount of interference with the animal. But that was a really overwhelming thought for me, and I mm -hmm. didn't know what to do with it, so I just pushed it aside, and I did that for about a decade. And then I found myself living and working as an executive in Calgary, and um, not a particularly happy person. And, um, and that, that thought kept recurring. And I finally said, you know, you're an executive that makes difficult decisions every day, and you know how to problem solve. And... Um, I knew enough to know that uh, really I just needed to overcome a fear in my mind. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it just, I, I, uh, I use that principle where if you have a goal, you just set the goal in front of you and you keep it in front of you, but you don't need to know all the steps you have to take to get there. And you need to surrender yourself to a degree to the yeah. process, right? And so that's what I did. And it was the first step on a, on an exhilarating journey, um, that I made this decision in late 2016 in my mid 40s to become a solo female adult onset hunter with no connections that's amazing wow see yeah uh, i personally started hunting uh i'd say adult onset but you know i was a young adult I'm, I'm only 29 right now and so in my 20s um i started so i can't imagine i mean that's an overwhelming thought in your 40s to want to go out and, and start doing that but at the same time i, I agree that there's a it's not just part of your family, but I think there's a lot of, of people that don't talk either to or with women about hunting. 
and wanting to get them in the outdoors. Uh, I don't know if it's just an, you know, I wouldn't even say prejudice necessarily, but it's, it's just one of those things that you just don't, you don't think I'm going to have a conversation with a woman about hunting necessarily, unless they're, you're at a place like this. And so, um, is that kind of what sparked the women's hunt initiative that you've got going on or? Yeah, in a, you're right. In a way it is. So, um, you know, my, my journey into hunting, uh, was largely positive and that's really the thing I really need to impress. The hunting and conservation community is so warm and so welcoming mm. and, uh, really encouraging, but you know, not every path is perfect and doesn't have, it didn't come without its struggles. And there right. were a couple of times in that first year where I almost threw in the hat, but I'm really tenacious and I, even though I felt pretty discouraged in those moments, I just decided to stick with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, um, that aside, because those those two instances weren't particularly pleasant, but that aside, uh, everything else was really great. But my single greatest challenge in my journey was trying to find a mentor to take me out into the field. Yep. I could find plenty of people and resources to get information or figure out how to become a licensed gun owner in Canada, which mm-hmm. is very different than here, right. you know, or like take my hunter education or j- join a couple of groups, uh, fishing game associations, the wild sheep foundation, Alberta, I joined them, you know, um, you know, that stuff was pretty easy for me. Um, I I'm comfortable walking into a room where I don't know a soul and, you know, and making, making friends, but it was the mentorship that was the real sticking point. And so You know, at the same time that I decided that I wanted to hunt, I decided that I wanted to up my fishing game and I wanted to learn how to fly fish. So those things were happening concurrently. And one of the things I did with fly fishing um, was I... um, uh, I had taken a course locally in Calgary, and the Bow River has some a great trout fishery in, in Canada. And but I wanted you know to book with a, a guide and mm-hmm. really get some good instruction. And I could have done that easily right at home, but I thought, no, I'm going to make a holiday of it. So to get into northwestern Montana from mm-hmm. Calgary is only four and a half hours. It's super easy. And in the Libby area, in the in the Cabinet Mountains on the Kootenai River, there's great trout fishing. So I booked there. This is part of the story because that decision, you know, I had an awesome uh, uh, guide who really taught me a lot. And then I, I've kept, I've, 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 I've fished with him almost every year since. But uh, what happened was um, uh, about a year into my hunting and fly fishing journey, I went down again to fly fish in Libby. And it was July of uh, 2018. And um, the Wild Sheep Foundation's headquarters are in Bozeman. Mm-hmm. And um, they were having their annual open house around the same time that I was going to be in Montana. So I headed down. I found a campsite. I like to tent. And um, I fly fished first up, up in Libby. And then I headed down to Bozeman. And uh, I went to the open house. And I met the past chairman of the Wild Sheep Foundation, the past mm-hmm. chairman of the board, a man named Brett Jefferson. And uh, he and I had a chance to sit down. And he was really, really intrigued about my journey. And he wanted to hear a lot of detail about what it was like trying to attempt that and um he approached gray gray thornton the ceo of wild sheep and um and said uh did you get a chance to talk to that renee girl from calgary and he (laughs) said yeah i did i met her at the open house and he said um i had a chance to have a really long conversation with her and he said i think the wild sheep foundation has an opportunity to try to help more women uh, who might be interested in, in breaking into the industry. Mm-hmm. And uh, they talked about it, and then I had a meeting with Gray, and then a couple of days after that, I got an email from Brett inviting me 
uh, to take on the opportunity as a volunteer and create a program. So that's the genesis ultimately yeah. is uh, kind of in part my own journey and experiences and then a conversation with a man, Brett, who mm. was visionary and saw an opportunity and gave it to me. That's awesome. Yeah. You liked it. You liked it good enough that you stayed and you got married to the guy. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Not to Brett, but to yeah. Gray. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's right. <laughs> that's so cool. Um, you know, I've, I've tried to have you know, a couple of people on the podcast that I know um, that have had kind of struggles, like what you were saying, where um, it's just not something that's discussed with women for some reason. I don't know why. I, I can't pinpoint every situation is different, but um, I would definitely say that you, know, you enjoy it just as much as any other man would enjoy sure. it, right? And, uh, and you have, you know, women definitely have a different connection with nature than men do that's fair. For, again just a natural uh thing that happens and, and i notice it in just my kids even um and i know for me knowing that that's a big deal that women just aren't spoken to as much about it i know personally i i introduced my daughter to it at a very young age and she's only five but um she helps me pluck the turkeys or uh you know she knows where the game meat comes from or they go out with me I don't take them on the harder hunts, obviously, because I don't want them to have to hike and, and ruin the experience, you know, because it's too hard. But um, they'll go out and they'll spot deer or turkey or things like that, and I'll give them the binos and, and let them do that. So uh, that's my goal is to at least introduce her to it, you know, from my point of view and, and have her make the decision whether or not she wants to get into it when she gets older. Um, but talk to us a little about, I mean, that that's, you told us how, you know, women's hunt started. Um, with Sheep Foundation, but I wanted to know maybe a little bit more about you personally. How, uh, I mean, you had this thing that was popping up in your head for a little over a decade, you said, um, but how did you find the mentor? Like how, like I understand the fishing part of things, but with hunting, yeah. you know, who was your mentor? You know, how did that process go for yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, the mentorship for women is a really, um, a tough one. I know it's tough for everybody. I really do know that. Mm -hmm. Even a man who decides he wants to learn how to hunt will struggle finding a mentor. Right. And and you know, part of that is just, you know, sometimes it's just hunting is such an intimate experience and people hunt uh, with the same people often. They and it's a really it's a bonding experience. So they have their hunting buddies and that's yeah. kind of who they want to stick with. Mm -hmm. The other part of it is that hunters spend an inordinate amount of energy and time building landowner relationships to get access to hunt on non-public land, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and so I get it. So, you know, there's a lot of people who do not want to reveal their secret hunting places where they know there's a hidey hole of awesome bighorn rams or whatever the species might be. Mm -hmm. um, and then, but for women, it's further complicated. Um, and I'm, it's not a criticism at all. It's understandable. It's further complicated by the fact that right now, even though women are the fastest growing demographic of hunters, right now it is still a male-dominated industry mm -hmm. and sport. And finding... Um, a mentor who shares compatible values and ethics is tough enough. Mm -hmm. But then when you start the conversation with a proposition of a man mentoring a woman on a five-day elk hunt, let's say, mm -hmm. that can be uncomfortable for the hunter. It can be un uncomfortable for the new hunter who needs a mentor, and it can be uncomfortable for a spouse that's in the oh, equation. Definitely. So, you know, I get it. So, you know, it's uh, I got lucky, I'll be honest with you. So I, I was... Um, I really struggling trying to find somebody to take me out. And, uh, I just could not make inroads there. 
And um, I wasn't I wasn't uh, prepared at that point to pay for a guided hunt, which is mm-hmm. actually you know a really good way to do it. Yeah, if you no, have sure. the bankroll to do that, then just do it. If you're having struggles finding somebody, but um, but anyway, I didn't want to really start there. I wanted to try to find a different way first. And I was talking to one of my cousins and best friends, Guy, and um, you know he wanted to know how things were going. And I told him, and and I said, and, you know, this is my struggling point. And he said. I won't use the guy's last name, but he yeah. said, do you remember uh, Don from school? And I said, well, of course we were in the same class. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I said, I haven't seen him since like we were 23 at a bush party someplace, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah, I remember him. He goes, well, he's a huge hunter. And I said, he is, oh. I didn't know. No, like, honestly, it was not talked about, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, he said, I play a uh, regular Sunday night men's league hockey with him. He said, I'll talk to him let him know what you're doing. And, um, that led to a great coffee meeting with him. And, uh, he's married. He has two children who are just transitioning out of high school into college. And he said, you know, I'd really like to mentor you. And he did the right thing. He invited me out to his home so I could meet his wife and she could meet me. Um, and, uh, she was very, very chill about it all. She was really great. And, um, and that, that was my first mentor was this old friend from school uh, named Dawn. And, um, you know, I, uh, in the meantime, I was still, you know, because we lived in different cities. We, it wasn't like, you know, it's like a four-hour drive to get, get uh, to him. So um, I, in the meantime, I still stayed active in local organizations. I volunteered like crazy. Um, I, I just kept showing up and not asking for anything and just trying to build some uh, friendships and some credibility and, um, you know, so I, I got to enjoy my first hunt with Dawn, you know, in Northern Alberta, but where I was living in Southern Alberta, I still needed to build that for myself. So, you know, I was kind of doing both and he was just a great first mentor. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. And it, it is hard, uh, you know, coming from, from my perspective, I, I would agree that it's, it can be a daunting task. Um, you know, like you said, people don't want to share their spots sometimes, which I, I'm not gonna lie, I think it's kind of funny because like the they move the animals move sure right for the most part yeah they may have their some habits but animals move and so i just laugh when people are like oh that's my spot i'm like it's public land someone <laughs> else is going to eventually find it right yeah. and so uh so I, I always think that's a funny aspect to things but i was really close to moving back uh to north carolina personally until a buddy of mine introduced me to what the mountains have to offer and the public land aspect of utah and um and that kept me because i I did not like the dryness, the aridness of the desert. Um, but once I got in the mountains, like I was hooked, you know? And so it, it is, it is daunting. Like anyone that lives near the Rockies, um, you know, compared to Appalachian mountains and even the Appalachian mountains are, are pretty intense because they're so dense and thick. Um, but just looking at a mountain and thinking you're going to conquer that by yourself, it can be, it can, it can be hard. Um, so I, I agree with that, but that's good that you found a mentor. So the women's hunt, or Women Hunt Initiative, um, as part of the Wild Sheep Foundation. Is it like a branch of it, or what's the... It's a program. Oh, it's a program. It's within the Wild Sheep Foundation. And what exactly does the Women Hunt program do? Right. So that took us a little bit to figure out. So uh, Mm -hmm. back in 2018, when they came to me and said, we'd like you to do this, or would you like to take it on? And I said, yes. I, um, you know, I formed a committee, and we didn't, you know, really know what we wanted to do or accomplish. So what we started with was um, the Wild Sheep Foundation holds... Um, uh, you know, one of the industry's premier, um, fundraising, uh, expos and, mm. um, um, 
shows in Reno every January called the Sheep Show, right? And um, so I had an audience there of anybody who wanted to show up at a seminar uh, could come in. And so we held back-to-back seminars in 2019 and 2020. Um, the first one was more like just to introduce the uh, program, the committee to our community and talk about a few topics. And we got a little bit of input, but we, you know, we, we didn't have that much time and it kind of mm-hmm. went quick. So in 2020, we had more time and we structured it as a town hall and they fed us. We told them, we asked them, you know, tell us what you want. And both seminars, by the way, were very well attended by both men and women, which was great. You know, men want to help women come along for the most part. Most men do. Right. So, um, you know, so it was great. So they told us what they wanted. So ultimately, the purpose of this program is to help more women on their journeys into the fields and the mountains. Mm-hmm. It is our, that is our mission statement. And, um, you know, we're get, just getting started. So COVID kind of made things a little bit bumpy there. Mm-hmm. And so last year, coming out of the back end of the worst of that, um, we decided to launch the program officially with a particular course. Mm-hmm. So... Um, the FTW Ranch in Hill Country here in Texas um, developed and designed uh, a new a course called the New Hunter Course. Okay. And I had a chance to go out and uh, observe it when they, want, they when they held it the first time, because they knew I had an interest in possibly bringing in a group of mm-hmm. women through this program. And um, it's really an exceptional training course. I can't say enough about it. And it's our flagship course within the Women Hunt program. And I would like to talk a little bit about it because we're oh, going to offer it again this year. Um, and, but in addition to the New Hunter course, we're developing other things too. So one of the key things we need to accomplish this year is the completion of our website. So we have a basic mm-hmm. website right now, but uh, we're going to develop it so that it is essentially um, a hub and spoke to all the great resources um, agencies, companies, individuals out there that are already offering great things. Sometimes it's just kind of tricky to find them. Um, and uh, we want to develop a, te- a method on the website for people to identify what region they're from and it points them to what's available in their backyard. Right. You know, we'll have that kind of information. We're going to have a conservation corner because not everybody wants to hunt, but they, they understand the value of hunting in relation to wildlife mm. conservation and they might want to get involved in a conservation project. So we'll have a conservation corner to try to funnel people towards uh, agencies that are doing great projects, whether it's habitat rehabilitation, controlled burns, uh, cap and uh, trap and transplant, you know, whatever. Mm. Um, We'll have an ask an expert corner where um, if you're struggling finding the answer through all the information out there, or maybe you just have a more sensitive topic you need to discuss as a Mm -hmm. woman in a more private environment or something, uh, you can go to the Ask an Expert corner, and then we'll funnel that question to a woman who can help you with your concern. Awesome. Um, you know, so d- it'll have different things like that. So that's a big lift for us this year. And then the other thing we want to do um, is, like I mentioned, the New Hunter course is a flagship offering. It's really exceptional, um, and it's very focused and very labor-intensive. So we mm-hmm. also want to branch out. My One of my key pieces of business this year is to form more relationships and partnerships so that we can start to partner with other people and um, offer um, um, more less less fulsome offerings, maybe more specific, like maybe a shooting class for a day or a two-day wild game instructional okay. or you know something. We'll pick, we'll cherry pick things and, and disperse across the country where they're being delivered and attract more women. 
That's so awesome. that's, you know, kind of some of the work we're going to do. And, you know, essentially, uh, at the end of the day, this program is just bringing people together. So, you know, it, that will naturally mean you're forming connections, friendships, um, um, you know, mentorship, um, you know, uh, all those things that are important to retaining new hunters. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's definitely a lot to that because, and, and I don't see a lot of it out in the hunting atmosphere industry, whatever word you want to use for it. Um, gear reviews, you know, it's all reviewed for men, right? right? You don't, they don't specifically now, obviously a backpack's a backpack, but also, you know, there women have smaller frames generally than men do. Right. And so th there's a lot of companies that are coming out with things now, um, backpack companies and, and sleeping bags and things like that, that would be more designed for a woman yeah. going out in the back country. Um, but yeah, traditionally it's been use the child frame, right? Right. And things like that. And I'm yeah. sure you experienced that. Sure. Yeah. And you're right. Things are starting to improve. And one of the things is the Women Hunt program has a YouTube channel and we, we're just getting that going. We're starting to populate it with content. Mm -hmm. We're going to continue to develop more like product reviews. What we started with though is um, we did, I partnered with um, Becky Humphreys, the CEO mm -hmm. of the National Wild Turkey Federation. And um, I approached her and asked her if she would record her delivery of the North American model of wildlife conservation. I had heard through a colleague that uh, she does a great delivery where she also takes the time, a little bit of time to talk about the role that women played at the turn of the century in developing that model and their influence in wildlife conservation in the United States and Canada. So I thought, well, that's a perfect fit for this program. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, that video of Becky's delivery is on our YouTube channel for anybody to watch at any time and learn a little bit about that model. And it's going to help every single hunter. The more hunters who can are, are familiar with the model that are able to articulate it, the more it's going to help the, I'm not sure about the anti-hunters because their, their ears are pretty much closed yeah. to anything, but the, the folks who are on the fence, mm -hmm. right? The, so the model's there for people to watch, but also at the sheep show this year, um, you know, we had another seminar with some of the women from the new hunter course that's going to be up there. And we also took the time to do some videos with, uh, some of, uh, some of our sponsors and not just our sponsors though, but other product, uh, companies. So some of that's already being populated on YouTube channel. Yeah, no, yeah. definitely. That's and what's the YouTube channel called? Uh, it is at Women Hunt. Cool. TM. TM. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's really cool. Um, because I, I I don't think about that again. I just don't think about it. But I'm a gear nerd. Right. I love going down those rabbit holes and and figuring things out. You know, with bows or rifles or you know the clothing you wear and. Yeah. Um, and, and I have heard it mentioned a couple of times, especially in that backpacks is on my mind, but, um, that there's stuff that just doesn't fit for women, you yeah. know, and, and they need good gear just as much as a man does. Right. Uh, if you're going to go on a hunt, like what you were mentioning, five day elk hunt or something like that. Um, how was your first experience hunting you personally? Oh, uh, <laughs> where do I start? From the beginning. <laughs> um, so I had a very, um, I think it's really safe to say that my first hunt was not at all uh, traditionally what somebody would do on their first hunt. Um, so, Dawn, mm -hmm. uh, what what happened is uh, when we connected, it was um, winter. And so um, I, I did a little bit of... Um, training with him at their, at their, um, acreage where, I, and he got me, you know, just 
I had never handled a firearm before. So I was able to, through his guidance, uh, shoot to 200 yards accurately. Um, And uh, that was on a simple scope, not a ballistic turret scope. And, um, and, you know, and he said, you know, for your first hunt, I'm not going to want you to shoot beyond that distance anyway, you know. So, um, so, you know, we took that time and he, he was available for helping me with gear and stuff like that. And then uh, I fully expected my first hunt was going to be whitetail deer in November, like most new hunters, right? And um, <laughs> I get a call from him in April that year, and he said, uh, hey, so you ready You know, you ready to start hunting? And I said, you bet. Are we planning a deer hunt in November? And he said, no. He said, um, we're going to go black bear hunting. And I said, <laughs> what? Honestly, you could have heard a pin drop. I mean, yeah. I was stunned into silence. I was raised out on, you know, outside the Rocky Mountains where you are taught to have a very healthy fear of bears, mm-hmm. right? So he said, I've had a bear camp in northern Alberta for over 20 years. I'm familiar with the terrain. It's good bear bear territory. That's awesome. And he said, I want to take you spring bear hunting. And uh, I, I mean, my inside voice was, you know, terrified. <laughs> my outside voice said, let's do it, right? Yeah. And um, and so uh, Don hunts bear uh, spot and stock. He doesn't mm. hunt over bait. He doesn't use dogs. And so it was an exhilarating way to learn to hunt. And it was uh, an amazing experience. And, you know, we went up the first time for a three-day weekend in May. We spotted 17 black bear, stocked on eight, passed on all of them. They were all legal, but I learned so many great things that weekend from Dawn, including the importance of harvesting old boars out Mm -hmm. of a bear population. You know, older boars... Um, some of your listeners may know this, but some may not. They um, they predate on younger boars and they try to take them out, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and so uh, taking old boars is really a really good thing because you help the genetic uh, strains and breeding of the of the bears. So we passed on all of them, but it was an extraordinary three days because being able to observe the behavior of bears that many bears. I mean, they are just a joy to watch. Uh, bears are highly entertaining animals to observe. So it was great. So we went back two weeks later, and that was when we uh, successfully uh, stalked in on the boar that I harvested. And it was an, I mean, it was a life changing uh, experience. And I didn't know how I was going to react to hunting. At this point, mm-hmm. I had never killed anything outside of a farming environment. Right. Um, and, um, um, you know, I, 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 I had two preoccupations. One was my ability to make um, a humane shot that would kill the animal instantly with one shot. Which and bears are different than, than deer. Sure. Like their anatomy is different. So you yeah. have to aim in a different spot than you would on a deer. Or an Slightly elk. different. You're mm-hmm. right. And then, uh, and, but I, I mean, I was obsessed with making sure that animal didn't suffer. Like, right. I, you know, every time I go out and hunt, um, I feel that pressure and um and then the second one was that i didn't know how i would react to killing an animal in the wild right so those were the two things that i was carrying with me on that journey that first hunt um but anyway on top of all that here we end stalking into 110 yards to a Mm -hmm. bear that i have been my entire life taught to stay as far (laughs) away as as i can (laughs) and the great thing about that hunt too is that you know bears don't move quickly like or Mm -hmm. as quickly as uh white-tailed deer right so we had a couple minutes to get me really well situated before i took my shot and that was actually a an unexpected blessing Mm -hmm. so it allowed uh dawn and i to you know stalk in he put down the sticks. I was in a seated position. I had my rifle up on the sticks, my elbows resting on my knees. I was nice and relaxed. My mm-hmm. body was relaxed. So I was my, you know, I was good, good control on my gun. 
And, you know, my heart was racing. This is a predator species. It was not mm-hmm. what I was expecting from my first hunt. Right. I am scared. And um, and anyway, you know, with the great thing, very, very quietly in my ear, you know, Don said, you know, okay, Renee, the first thing is that I'm ranging the bear. It's at about 110 yards. You know you can take this shot. You shoot accurately to 200 yards. I mean, he's very, very quiet in my yeah. ear, right? And that right away started to bring my heart rate down. I was like, okay, he's right. I can make, the distance isn't the issue. Okay. And then he said, "Um, all right, now I want you to get on your scope, get nice and comfortable, and I want you to tell me in your own words where you're going to place the shot. So that was really good technique because I had to say it out loud, and Mm -hmm. it really just settled me down some more. I'm like, okay, I know where to take this shot on the bear. And then the third thing he said was, I just need you to bring your breathing under control now. And I practiced some yoga, so I was able to do that pretty quickly. So that was good. I got my breathing a little settled down. And then he said, okay, now you just take your time. When the bear presents a nice broadside shot and you're feeling comfortable, you know, there was no pressure. He was a really, really good, solid mentor. So I took that shot and, you know, he had had said, "Um, I'm going to run ahead of you and confirm that the bear is down. I don't want you ahead of me in case there's an issue. So I took the shot and I'm so grateful. Uh, it was a great clean shot, double mm-hmm. lung, and the bear just dropped right on spot. And so awesome. first preoccupation was satisfied, yeah. right? The animal didn't suffer. And then he ran ahead of me and confirmed that the bear um, was dead. And um, and from that point on, on, honestly, it felt like an outer body experience. I really felt like I was 10 feet up in the air looking down on the experience. It was the most transformative thing I you know I I, the range of emotions that I experienced in that moment uh, was incredible and I you know I felt great exhilaration I was proud um, that I that that the bear did not suffer that I made a good shot Um, I was devastated that I had just killed a wild animal Um, I you know I I mean I was just all over the map Mm -hmm. you know yeah and um, and I was grateful really really grateful and uh you know it was really nice we took some pictures um and then uh you know don said i'm going to walk back the couple miles and get the vehicle and um he said uh what would you like to do and i said i'm going to stay right here and um he left and then i i broke down you know Mm -hmm. i really did i had a good cry and um and then uh from that point forward you know he he you know, he led uh, field dressing the bear. I'd never uh, field dressed an animal, but you know, he had me. I was part of it, mm-hmm. and um, and had that experience. And you know, bear meat is extremely tasty. Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to go on a black bear hunt sometime. But that, uh, all of those things are super key. And I I wanted to ask, but you already answered the question about what his process was because that's another key to a good mentor, is someone who isn't pressuring you shoot now shoot now you know because that would have ruined the experience it would have been a whole different experience just from that and so the fact that he made you verbally say go through your shot process and tell him every single step that you're mentally going through and calling to your attention because you know buck fever bull fever bear fever whatever you want to call it you get it in those in those moments and if you don't have a shot process then you either become the person that just is trigger happy right. and you make a bad shot um, or it's, it ruins your experience. You don't go back to hunting. Right. And, and that's why it's so key to have such a good mentor. Um, you know, there's, there's so many things that happen uh, with the range of emotions, but I think it, it definitely 
the that experience could have been altered dramatically if you didn't have him walking you through it. Totally. So that's that was cool to hear. Yeah. Um, and anyone anyone out there listening definitely need to find someone that um, you know you either go hunting with them before uh, before you have a tag, or that you can trust that they are that kind of person that will talk you through um, you know taking that first shot because it, it's something totally different um knowing that you took the life of an animal Just. you know and, and uh you know i i don't necessarily cry but i do get that emotion there, there's a lot of emotions that go on yeah. and uh you know, just knowing that, that you just took the life, but they're also giving to you, your family. Right. Um, and, and you, I'm sure he walked you through the whole process of, of butchering it, field yeah. dressing it and getting as much out of it as you can. You bet. Right. Yeah. And so that, that's an awesome experience. And thank you, thank you for sharing that. Um, that's really cool to hear. And that was, you said in your forties. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So 47. just recently. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, do you think it would have been different if you had started in your twenties? Oh, I'm sure. What? Yeah. Nobody's ever asked me that question. <laughs> I'm sure it would have been. And it would have had to have been. Mm -hmm. I'm, I don't even recognize who I was in my 20s. So it, it would have absolutely been a different experience. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's crazy how, you know, I, I don't believe in coincidences. Um, hardly in anything. You know, there's always something. And uh, just like, again, I think it's funny that, you happen to see there was an open house. You right. met your husband at the open house. Yeah. Like it just things like that. I, I love hearing stories like that. Cause in my mind, I'm just thinking, man, there's, there's more out there than just us. Yeah. Right. And, uh, the fact that you in high school, I'm imagining it was when you said in school with Don, right. Yeah. Is he a high school or what was uh, it? No, we went to school up to grade 10 and then okay. we went to different high schools. Cool. Yeah. But so even younger, yeah. right. than high school. Um, the fact that you met him then, if you had never met him, right, oh. you might not be a hunter now, I, right? Or, yeah, Probably it might not. not have been a great journey for me. And the Women Hunt Initiative would have never started. Right. Like it's it's crazy things like that. Yeah, you know that that my anyway my brain likes to go down those rabbit no, holes. No, I'm with you though. Every choice we make <laughs> yeah. leads to something. I'm, exactly. I'm with you. Exactly. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Um. And and I love what you're doing. I I know it's a new initiative. Yes. Uh, what three Program. years old now yeah. or two years? Uh, uh, 2018. We formed in the fall of 2018. Okay. Yeah. So four years. Yeah. Just about. Yeah. That's amazing. Really got going last year. Yeah. Yeah. So there's some there's some other women that I've had the chance to, to speak with. Yeah. I don't know if you know Jess from Hunt and Fool. Uh, not personally, no. Okay. No. But you've you've heard of her? Yeah. Okay, cool. She's an amazing person as well that uh, that is advocating for women to get out and hunt. Yeah. Um, I know they have some getaways, her and her her friends, but um, it's definitely needed. It really is. Uh what other so you offer the videos do you have ways to set people up with mentors is that something that's coming so you know we we're we've been toying with this uh i will be honest with you at the beginning that's really where i wanted to go right however um i don't know if this particular program is going to be the one that's going to match people with mentors outside okay. of what i'd like to tell you about the new hunter course which is a little variation but um Again, it's amazing the amount of information out there. Sometimes you miss it. You don't even know it's there, you know. And um, uh, there are some great organizations that are already doing great hunting mentorship uh, programs. And so that's like one, um, one of the pieces I said about building partnerships this year mm -hmm. is I want to leverage what's already available for gotcha. mentorship. If we're talking about a pure mentorship program where mm -hmm. we're trying to match two people, right? Um, 
But as far as the Women Hunt program doing that directly, I'm certainly not in the foreseeable future. Okay. But uh, hoping to partner with those who are already doing that. But having the resources yeah. of other people right. that you can Precisely. link them to. Yeah. Right? So, but one thing we are doing, so this new Hunter course that I mentioned, this flagship uh, course offering. Um, so there's three prongs to the opportunity. Uh, the first one is if you're selected, we take you down to Texas to the ranch and you go through the new hunter course. Okay. Um, this, uh, the second aspect is that when you come out of the course, wherever you happen to live, we will uh, match you to the chapter and affiliate of the Wild Sheep Foundation that is closest to where you reside. Okay. And that chapter and affiliate matches you with a mentor. So you get a mentorship. Okay. Um, so that when you come out of the course, you're not left hanging high and dry. And then the third aspect um, of the program is what we're in right now, and it's giving back. So this was really, really important to me and my committee. These women are being afforded, the women we select are being afforded an incredible opportunity. They learn everything. It mm -hmm. is soup to nuts. You can show up never having picked up a firearm in your lifetime. It doesn't matter. In four and a half days, you will learn how to be, uh, you'll understand your, your rifle, your ammunition, your optics. You will be comfortable with them. You will be taught to shoot accurately and proficiently to 300 yards. Um, you know, you'll shoot beyond that, but you'll be solid, solid, solid to three. Mm -hmm. And then um, you're taught game identification, shot placement, field trailing. You get out on active hunts with a guide um, to hunt for doe. Uh, it's part of the management uh, principles mm -hmm. for, the f for the ranch. Um, you're taught to field dress, butcher. Oh. They bring in a chef from San Antonio who teaches wild grain preparation and cooking. Okay. And uh, one of the things we did is we tweaked their, um, their, their uh, course content slightly. So mm -hmm. um, it, um, it generally has a Texas uh, fish and game officer come out to talk about Texas fishing or hunting laws. Uh, because we were going to bring in 12 women from all over the place, that was a little too specific. So okay. we substituted that por portion of the course for the North American model. And so we played the video that uh, Becky Humphreys recorded for us, mm -hmm. and then we had a discussion. And actually, that was slated for like an hour in the course, and we went almost to three hours. These wow. women were very, very interested in the model and being able to understand the role hunters play. So um, anyway, so we go course mentorship with a, a wild sheep foundation chapter affiliate um, which also by nate by just by its nature will bring you relationships and mm -hmm. you know touch-ins and then the giving back so the giving pack is critical there these women are receiving an extraordinary opportunity and we recognize that we had an opportunity to gain 12 new ambassadors right like that mm -hmm. so um in the application process, it was part of the criteria that if you were selected and you agreed to go, that you would be expected to give back. So all 12 of them are in that phase right now. They're all very different women with different mm -hmm. skill sets, experience, communication styles, comfort comfort levels. So they're all doing slightly different things, but every one of them is actively giving back and they're impacting other women. They're bringing mm -hmm. other women along, but not just women. They're you know they're having conversations right. with everybody. So it's it's very impressive, and you know I. 
um, these women's lives were changed. If you were to ever speak with any of them, or if you follow us on social and take the time to read their testimonials or, uh, watch more content as it comes online, like the seminar at the sheep show this year, where eight of them were able to be there and talking about it, you know, their lives were changed. And I'm going to suggest that I think you agree with this philosophy that any human being who takes the time to spend time in nature, um, and starts to really think about things like how their food is sourced. And when you make, if you make a decision to start sourcing your own food by uh, angling, fishing, or hunting, mm-hmm. it changes how you view uh, the world and how, how you view the uh, cycle of life mm-hmm. and uh, the power you hold as somebody that can kill a creature. It's, you know, it's life-changing. Yeah, no, definitely. That's, that's really cool. Um, I, I did want to ask, how do they apply? How do people apply right. for this? Yeah, so um, what we did was um, uh, my committee and I, we developed a, an application um, format with seven questions. Mm-hmm. And they're meaty questions. They're good, good, thoughtful, thought-provoking questions. And then I worked with Dr. Ryan Brock. He's the Wild Sheep Foundation's youth educator. Okay. And he developed a scoring rubric for us because it was really important that we – Uh, as much as possible, scored these applications consistently. And where we could, we knew we were going to have our heartstrings tugged by some Mm -hmm. of the answers we were going to get. And so we just made it to make sure that while we could permit ourselves to have an emotional reaction, that we also didn't stray from what we were trying to get them to demonstrate from their answers, right? So um, um, uh, last year we had 47 applicants. Um, we selected 12, two Canadians, 10 Americans, and mm-hmm. we blacked out their salient information. So we didn't know their ages or their names or anything like that. We really wanted to be as impartial as possible. Yeah. And we got this great cross section of women in, from their twenties to their sixties, all over the country, um, different backgrounds. It was fascinating for me when it was revealed who they were to, uh, just have it really hit home in such an obvious way that this amount of diversity, all of these women still were interested in the same experience. To me, it spoke volumes about mm-hmm. a thirst that humans have to connect, honestly, you know. So how do they apply? We're going to be launching the process for the 2022 course in May, and there will be an, another application process. Um, uh, um, and then... Uh, uh, we'll do the assessments through to uh, mid-June. We'll announce the 12 that we select in mid-June. Um, so the application will be found online this year. We, 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 we modernized from our <laughs> PDF process from last year <laughs> because we know that we're going to be inundated. We're going to get mm-hmm. far more than 47 yeah. uh, this year because we've had so much uh, exposure online. So, um, so it's going to be an online... Um, online application it's available through our website so the uh, website is wildsheepfoundation.org mm-hmm. backslash women hunt a person could just go to the wildsheepfoundation.org and under programs you'll find women hunt that would be another way to get there and that's where the application will be housed it'll go up in may and uh anybody who's thinking about it even if you've got a sliver of interest you know if you're feeling some trepidation it's okay that's normal you don't need to know anything you you will learn you will be taught and um and and you know if you have an interest consider applying that's amazing yeah yeah that's cool yeah and uh, i'm glad you modernized <laughs> yeah me too <laughs> that's that's pretty cool i i i like this idea um because again there's so many 
so many women out there that are interested, but they don't know where to start. Right. You know, and you can't just Google where to start hunting. I mean, you can, but you know, like it's just something that, again, it's not brought up enough. It's not spoken, spoken about enough. And, uh, I, I also, so I love that you're starting this group, but I also think that any parents out there, right. Uh, whether you be a father or a mother or both, um, should be speaking to their kids equally, whether they're boys or girls about hunting, if you're into it at all. You shouldn't keep that from your girls for whatever your reason may be, um, because you just want to provide that opportunity. You know, you want people to and and who better to learn from than their own parent? Yeah. You know, and that's a great place to start. Um, You know, they should feel at least I know my kids feel comfortable asking me odd questions or if they can tag along with me. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, you you reminded me of something so. Last year, um, the uh, Wild Sheep Foundation's Wyoming chapter were having their banquet, and on the Saturday during the day, they have seminars. Mm-hmm. And they invited me to present on the Women Hunt program to their membership. And um, there were it was well attended. There was like 80 guys in the room, and it was mostly men. There was mm-hmm. a handful of women there, but the, everybody was very receptive. And right after the seminar, a gentleman came up to me, and interestingly enough, two other gentlemen came later that evening and one the next morning, and all four of them had the same thing to say. But it started with this gentleman right after the seminar, and he was actually pretty emotional. And uh, he said, you know, I, you know, I love your program. I love what you guys are getting started. And, um, you know, you have some pretty ambitious plans, and that's awesome. And he said, you know, when you guys kind of get your feet under you, I hope you will consider expanding your program to teach men how to teach women he said because and like i said serious he was like teary-eyed and he said i really screwed things up with my wife and my daughter Mm -hmm. and he said um women just learn differently than men um you know and i wanted it to be my way and i was you know insistent upon it and he said and i totally turned them off and i've ruined it and he said so i really hope you guys consider that that mm-hmm. you, you know you can help men understand how to teach women yep. i thought that was one of the best ideas i'd heard and then i like i said i heard it three more times that same weekend and a lot since then so that's definitely some place we're going to go in the future is um some some sort of component where we can help uh, men who want to bring the women in their lives along mm-hmm. better understand um, the different ways that women like to learn from men. Yeah. yeah. It's, it definitely is different. Um, there's so many, I mean, again, this goes just back to nature. You know, men have a lot of ego. Women don't, you know, especially if a man like going back to the honey hole or whatever, they've got their way of doing things and bringing Jess back into this. And just because I, I know her personally and she's a successful hunter. She's around a lot of men. Um, and obviously a male dominated industry, but she brought up as well that her dad was a big, big factor in her getting into it. And then her and her husband don't always agree on how they hunt. Right. They're very different, right. but they both agree to disagree, sure. you know, and she's comfortable going off by herself, you know, and meeting back up with them later. But, um, I definitely, I'm a strong, strong believer of family, um, changing the community. You know, you, you don't always start from the top down. Right. Um, and again, the program's amazing, but also like us men especially need to realize that we need to pull the ego out of it. And like, for example, just one thing that happened recently, um, I got my son, my two sons, a bow, um, not compound or anything, just regular recurve. And, uh, and I let him shoot with me in the backyard every once in a while. And I didn't want to force it on my daughter. Um, I didn't buy her one cause she was a little too young to pull it back. 
Uh, but she just turned five and she was like, she saw us going out and she's like, can I try? And I was like, of course you can. And she came out and, uh, and she shot it a couple of times. She's like, can we buy one? And I was like, oh, of course it's like 30 bucks, awesome. you know, like it's not a big investment. And so, um, the next day she does half school cause she's in preschool and I just took her to Cabela's and picked up one of those little bear apprentices, you know, and, uh, I've got a little foam target that I just put in the middle of our yard in the backyard. And like, I captured this video and I'll show it to you later. Um, super genuine. She hit the foam and she turned around and her face just lit up, oh, you know, awesome. and that's kind of how I personally treat things. I know that's how I like to be treated is when I show interest, you go all in on it. And then if I want to back off, there's no strings attached. Right. right? Um, I wouldn't have been upset. There's 30 bucks to buy a bow. If she doesn't want to shoot it tomorrow. Okay. Big deal. Right. But, um, also not forcing it on her right? and saying, you have to sit here while I'm shooting my bow. You right. have to watch me do it this way and that way, right. making it fun. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think that's a big deal. Um, you know, the, the three main things that I talk about here on the podcast and in my post are faith and family kind of wrapped into one. Cause for me, they're eternal concepts, but, um, family fitness and the outdoors. Yeah. And I've noticed that people who are successful, um, consistently, apply some aspect of all three of those things into their lives. Fitness can be anything from going on daily walks with your husband or your spouse um, to going to a gym and being a gym rat, however you want to vary that. Um, outdoors, just soaking up some sun rays. If it's snowy, enjoy every season for what it provides, right? right? And then uh, family, of course, is especially nowadays with things being so crazy yeah. as they are. Um, I'm a firm believer that it all starts with the family. Yeah. And you can't change your community if you can't teach your own kids, you know. I agree. You, you can't. And so um, I, I really do think that combined, men leaving their egos out of the picture, like these men were talking about to you, and your resources that you have, the reach that you have, I think that can be a big uh, a game changer, you know, um, for women in the hunting community. Yeah. So. You know, and I uh, thank you for that. And I, I agree with all your points. And, you know, I just I, I just think that the more women that we can bring along, the better the message will get. And it's not because the message isn't good with men. The problem isn't with the hunting community. The problem is with how it's perceived. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, that's a difficult thing to overcome when a lot of people think that hunters are... I don't know, some macho, rah, rah, you know, I don't know. I don't know what they think that we, that hunters like love killing things mm -hmm. or something, you yeah. know, it's so skewed. So that's a really tough thing to overcome. And so I'm not, you know, I know we all work hard at it, but one way to do that is bringing in more female voices because women are nurturers mm -hmm. and um, we are also perceived as nurturers. And, uh, you know, it's pretty tough to, it's pretty tough to argue with a woman who is able to calmly, rationally mm -hmm. explain why she hunts. And that part of that is because she wants to provide for herself and her family. It's pretty tough to dispute yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah. And there's, there's nothing like it as far as being connected with nature. Yeah. Um, you know, I've just had so many experiences and that's why I picked up a bow mainly was to get in closer and have even a more intense experience and more of a challenge. Um, and, and something that I could practice literally every day, right. you know, and get better at every single day. And, uh, it's something that, again, I just feel like isn't, isn't spoken to enough, you know, and, and it would be, it, it would be a big, cause so when you, when you think about 
how men, when men talk to men about hunting, a lot of the time, the guys that I'm, that I hang out with, they don't get super excited about antler size. They get excited about the experience. Right. So I got a lucky, I got lucky with a group of guys that, that I surround myself with. But when you picture it, kind of that perception of always wanting to talk about the mount and the antlers and the, like, women aren't interested in that. Well, for the most part. <laughs> right. I mean, like, like for, you don't get, you don't get started hunting, looking at a oh, mount and saying, right. man, that's a 10 point. Who cares? Right. I see what you, you mean. You want more yeah. of the experience, right? That's what more attracts a woman, a good person, in my opinion, in general to, to hunting, but, yeah. um, more so than like, Oh, that'd be so cool on my wall. Like I, I couldn't care less. Right. But you know, yeah. And that's just a happy byproduct. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I understand what you're getting at. Yeah. No, I know, you know, and the connection to nature, I mean, so many people on the planet are so disconnected from everything Mm -hmm. on the planet, you know, and some people you, obviously you can't fault somebody who was born into, uh, you know, a city of 20 million people. Mm -hmm. That's what they know. They don't even see the stars. Yep. let alone understand where their food comes from right um but um the disconnect from nature is uh i think a real big problem and um you know i, I agree with you that faith and family is critical but i do think that a connect understanding um how this world works and um the beautiful things within it is very very important yeah, yeah. no definitely definitely is there anything that i haven't asked about the program or anything that you wanted to explain maybe a little bit further no you know maybe i could just wrap up by just saying you know again like um the wild sheep foundation some people think it is really just kind of this exclusive club of hunters that go after wild sheep (laughs) and um it isn't you know it is far more than that these are people who are passionate about wild sheep conservation no doubt but um some of the warmest and most welcoming uh folks you will ever meet um young energetic uh, within that community and, uh, visionary enough to, uh, see a need for something like the women hunt program. So, you know, I, for your listeners who may never have heard of the wild sheep foundation before, I encourage them to check it out. They do great work and, um, and of course follow women hunt. (laughs) Yes, yes, of course. So I'm going to put the links down below, uh, for everyone to go follow these, these links. So the main ones would be the YouTube channel, Facebook, so, Facebook Instagram, Instagram, and, and the is, website. is all of it Women Hunt TM? There or? are some variations, like okay. Facebook is Women Hunt Program, Instagram is Women Underscore Hunt, you know, and then um, YouTube is Women Hunt TM. Okay. So there are some variations. Some nomenclature wasn't available. So awesome. Yeah. And then just one more time, that website where they can apply: wildsheepfoundation.org/backslash/womenhunt. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, thanks again for your time. I really appreciate it. And I, again, I, I'm trying to get as many people on as I can, um, uh, that are women that enjoy nature being outside and, and have had good experiences like you did and how anyone who's out there that's wanting to get started, um, can either reach out to you, the foundation, uh, and, and get started on their own journey. So, um, again, thank you for your time. Thank you so it. much. Appreciate and, it. And as I always say, guys, get out, live your life and love it. Man, that was a great conversation. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, she has some awesome stories. Can you imagine your first hunt being a black bear hunt? Man, that was awesome. And uh, yeah, go check out Women Hunt. I'll leave the links down below. Hope you guys have an amazing weekend. Spend time with your loved ones and just get outside. 
go get entered in, go get entered in to the 100th episode giveaway. I want to give you guys some great gear, just to give you a little taste of the the companies that I work with. Uh, if you haven't already, they're just amazing. So go check them out. Hope you guys. I already said this. Had a great weekend, and have a great weekend. And of course, get out, live your life, and love it.